Hello, I'm Llewellyn King, the host of White House Chronicle. Thank you for coming along. Today, we're going to take a look at the whole world of social media. So important, so significant, so difficult to get a grip on, and in such flux. And I'm lucky to have as my guest, Alex Taylor, who has a social media site. It originates in London, but most of its writers, at least in my reading of the site, are American. It is called Tremor, spelt T-R-E-M-R. And Alex, welcome to the broadcast. In your mind, what is Tremor? Well, we, it's a few years back now, we were, I would say, disenchanted with the world of social media. Um, the inability to just have good conversations. And sometimes, you know, it's great. I think brevity is beneficial, but it's nice to have some nuance on occasion. Um, the dynamic that we have when we get together in person, say around a dinner table, when you go out to dinner with friends, the capacity of that environment for sharing information, for exploring ideas, for solving problems, and for also airing and sharing opinions that can be developed is so much greater than we have on online platforms. And we, what we set out to do is to try and create an online environment that actually brings some of those real world dynamics into that space in the hope that some of that quality and depth of information flow and also just the pleasure of it, because let's face it, going out and having a good chat with friends and in good company with new interesting people is one of the most stimulating, engaging things to do. So our um, original uh, objective was to see if we could capture that and put it into an online platform. And everything we've done has kind of led from there. I would like to explain that you're coming to us today from Spain, but the headquarters of Tremor is outside of London. You refer to us in the plural, so it's you and whom? So there's myself um, and two other co-founders. Uh, and we have a team that's grown and shrank over time as we've um, developed various features for the service, which up until now has effectively been in a beta environment uh, where we've been obviously developing these dynamics with the hope of testing them out with a small community. We have a number of journalists and writers and commentators that have just been drawn to the site. We haven't up until now um, pushed it at all, um, but they've been drawn to the site and they've been part of this beta community uh, and helped us develop these features that um, uh, are working incre increasingly well, uh, which means why we think we're, we're ready to actually open the doors now going forward. In reading the site, and I have to say that I post on the site, my columns appear there, and I'm very glad of that, thank you. Uh, most of the writers seem to be writing about the US, but some about Britain, and it's not always clearly di differentiated, um, being sort of whether they're writing in the US or writing in the UK, whether they're writing about UK politics or American politics, until you read a sentence or two and it becomes clear. Uh, are you going to introduce a system of bylines or something to or just assume that we're all now mid-Atlantic people? Um, 
it's true that the the site has attracted a kind of international community but it's primarily us focused i mean we when we launched it we launched it in the usa uh, it's kind of coincidence we happen to be physically based in the uk um, but the primary launch uh, area when we launched the first version of the beta was in brooklyn um, and so that's led the content direction and yes, we do have some people writing uh, based out of the UK, and I understand uh, it might be a little bit confusing until you get into their articles. But um, as I say, we also have quite an international community. So I think I think it's also that's that's a nice element of the site that there's uh, it gets away from the the kind of there's, there's a graduation towards parochialism that seems to creep into social media. So I don't think that's such a bad thing. Is it um, is your viewership? You you mentioned it in passing. It's international, is it? You have viewers all over the world? We do, uh, primarily USA, um, and the site is only English speaking, so uh, that tends to affect things. We certainly have we have some great writers in Australia um, the, and um, their own audience out there as well. And, it's, and it is interesting when, I mean, commonly uh, our US writers will be talking about various aspects of US politics and our australian writers will chime in about something that the australian labor party that's done which is very similar or a direction that was the same or a prime minister that they had in australia that did things that were very similar to what donald trump did and i think it's a healthy reminder that actually you know there's a lot of similarities around the world and we can learn a lot by learning about what each other are up to uh, how do you police the site how do you keep absolute nonsense off it or stuff that's hugely, highly offensive, and probably uh, utilizing language that you wouldn't want there. This is a great issue with social media. Seems to me that social media exists in two worlds where it is very valuable to the West, to the dem democracies, in that it can infiltrate into totalitarian regimes, including China. But on the other hand, uh, it, it is a source of disinformation and often just of abuse of content uh, in its homelands. Uh, how do you deal with that? And is it a problem? Does it worry you? And what will you do about it? It's probably the thing that we focused on most on Tremor. But rather than build a whole load of tools for picking nasty content and bad actors out of the system, We've tried to build a dynamic that cultivates a community and a culture where that kind of behavior does not happen. In the same way, you know, if I come back to my analogy, if you're at the dinner table with a group of friends, someone might get animated. Um, someone, you might have someone who's, you know, they have a political focus in, in any particular direction and they get uh, overexcited and they start to attack someone else at the table. You don't call the police. Um, and in fact, first of all, that rarely happens at the dinner table. But you don't call the police. You might just reach over and put your arm, hand on their shoulder and say, hey, John, you know, hey, that's Sarah. You know, we're friends here. It's OK. And John's almost shamed out of getting carried away. We have huge um, tool set for dealing with that kind of behavior in, the re in real life. And we don't really arrive at it. And one of the reasons, many, well, there are many reasons for it, but they're contained in the fact that we're in a social construct, that we value our position, we value our reputation with the people that we interact with. 
And we're also accountable. If we, you know, lose our temper at someone that we, our friends appreciate, that carries with us. You know, we might not get invited to dinner next time. Social media doesn't have any of that. On social media, the only feedback you get is, I either love what you just said, or I'm going to call the police and get you blocked from the site. There's no in-between. There's no gradation there. Um, so what we've done at Tremor, first of all, we've given our users agency. They don't just say love or call the police. You can like, you can really like, so you have a voting system, one, two, three upvotes. You can also downvote. Downvoting is okay. It's okay to say something is, you know, you don't think it's that good. In social media, we have to live in this world where everything's wonderful. It's not. In company, again, with your friends, you can say, you know, hey, John, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a very good idea. That's okay. So we, we give you that agency, and you also get to react. So on every post, you can rate it, one to three, up and down. But you then ask for a reaction. What did you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Was that important? Was it interesting? Was it smart? And we have two friendly negative reactions. The first is misleading. So if you think, you know, this points towards the realm of fake news. If you think of what someone's saying is, you know, this is, this is not built on sound evidence, you can use that. Rather than saying fake news, you can say, mm, I think that's misleading. The other one, if they're getting maybe a little bit too animated, um, we have a reaction which is easy, Tiger. And again, it's just trying to capture that friendliness that you get in person. Alex? What about anonymity? Uh, people who can state an opinion anonymously tend to be a lot more bold, often a lot more disrespectful, and less socially conscious than those who have their names, their certifiable names, attached to that opinion. What is the Tremor policy on anonymity? Well, I think um, the problem one has is that anonymity can be uh, as dangerous well or rather using one's real name can be as bad as anonymity but in a different way anonymity lets you get away with everything um using your own name stops you from saying things perhaps you want to say i was listening to a radio show the other day where uh, there were women being interviewed who said that they have to use a uh, have to be anonymous online Otherwise, um, their ex-partners that were violent ex-partners would know what they're saying and, and come and punish them for it. So, and needless to say, you know, the Arab Spring was largely lit via social media. And if those actors out there were doing it with their real names, then those administrations would have come after them. So what we see as the way forward is what we call accountable pseudonymity. So enabling you, not forcing you to use your real name, absolutely, you can if you want to, but if you use a pseudonym, that pseudonym endures, so you're not going to change it every day, and remember on Tremor, you're building your reputation, and that reputation, whether it's attached to your real name or it's attached to a pseudonym, that grows and falls based on your behavior, so if you, you're invested in, uh, as a Tremor member, in a, under a pseudonym, there's a strong motivation to not ruin that by, you know, 
being nasty, being hostile, trolling, because then suddenly your reputation is lower and you're diminished on the site. So creating that framework of accountability and now enables um, good behavior, but still pseudonymity. Uh, it's total anonymity without accountability is indeed, um, is indeed you know, where we are now. It just doesn't work. How did you get into social media? Are you an engineer? Are you a computer expert? I would describe myself as a application designer. So I don't write code myself. I do um, actual physical design, but for the last 20 years, I've spent my time dreaming up applications that can achieve something. Um, as I say, my first startup was trying to fix the, the rights market for sports media and news content. Um, and this, the thing that drives me with Tremor is that I feel like the original promise of the internet is this is the thing that's going to bring us all together for the better. It's going to, it's like wiring up all our brains and you think, wow, just imagine that collective mind capacity. And yet the operating system that we, um, that we're working on in, in the internet are these social networks and these social networks don't wire us up well. In fact, they're almost wired for conflict. So what if you could, I mean, there was a book that made a really big impression on me um, and it was the wisdom of crowds. And it was talking about, he gave some examples like back in the day, some, um, some chap at a uh, market in Plymouth in the UK, there was a fair and the competition was to guess the weight of the bull. And 500 people put their, their guesses onto a bit of paper into a bowl. One guy pretty much guessed it, great. But he took away all 500 and worked out what the median answer was. And the median answer was within two kilos of what the bull weighed. So the crowd collectively guessed they would have been second overall as a collective crowd. So if you can capture that, then I think you've got something potentially very, very powerful. We're all very much focused on artificial intelligence right now, computers solving our problems. But imagine if you could wire up all the human brains, HI, human intelligence, um, that could be quite a powerful tool. Human intelligence tends to be uh, disruptive, disagreeable, uh, contentious. Uh, people don't agree. Uh, one person's uh, uh, virtue is another person's sin. Uh, and when you get that and you extend that into publishing, which is what you do, you are de facto a publisher, uh, what happens when uh, you get extraordinary differences of opinion, say, in the safety of uh, a medicine or the safety of a nuclear reactor or something like that? And there are genuine, vast differences of opinion. And then people tend to get critical of each other and start slanging each other. Now, what happens on the other social networks is that with a single exception of what is happening on Twitter with Elon Musk at the moment, but putting that aside is that computers decide what is contentious, decide what is acceptable, and often their decisions are idiotic. Uh, so they have censorship by computer 
and censorship is an anathema to the free exchange of ideas. Journalism traditionally has been within a world that is somewhat boxed in by laws of libel, by the status of the publication or the television, uh, so that there has been an appellate procedure. If you disagree with something in the newspaper, you can write to the publisher, you can get a lawyer to write to the publisher, which might be a little more effective. And it's particularly in England, of course, where you know the libel laws are more stringent. Uh, this has a considerable modifying effect on the amount of abuse that is published. When you get to the internet, global, instant, instant, and with a greater penetration than we have ever conceived than any medium has ever had, uh, surely these issues will come up for Prima and you will have to address them, will you not? Absolutely. So part of the structure of Tremor and something that underpins the dynamics are some basic house rules. And the first one, the prime rule of Tremor is you have to respect other members. You can absolutely oppose their opinions. Opinion, we're not trying to create what, you know, in the parlance of our time, as you would call a safe space. We're not trying to create somewhere where we all have to have the same opinion. But what we're saying is, regardless of someone's opinion, you have to respect them. So as you join, as you sign up to Tremor, you agree to our basic house rules. And the first one is you respect other members. Now, um, once you're signed up and you're operating on the site, there are dynamics that mean that if you are not behaving in that way, the user base through the interface that they have through their upvoting and downvoting, they can they can react to the way you are. Yes, if worst case scenario, if you're behaving outrageously, you can indeed, of course, be reported. But there are subtle interactions that so far certainly seem to be succeeding in steering people away from what one might call negative behavior. So there's plenty of disagreement on tremor. There are plenty of different opinions. But we're, we believe we're succeeding in building a space where different opinions can coexist, where they can interact, and maybe even procreate. There are publishers, internet publishers, who have done something similar to what you are doing, not identical, but where they've opened the site to almost anybody who contributed or to everyone who contributed and got rather overwhelmed, and they had to modify it or stop it. Um, do you fear that you'll be overwhelmed, that you'll have hundreds of thousands of people posting, as they do, for example, on Facebook? No one can look at everything on Facebook. It's endless. But that uh, itemizes, if you will. Um, yours is not itemized. People get the whole. If you had 400 people post in a day, it would be unreadable or unmanageable, it would seem to me. Well, one of the key features that we have on Tremor is a what we call a reputation system. And what this does, based on the feedback that your content is getting, it identifies what you know about and how what level of reputation you merit in that space. And that reputation grows over time. And this manifests itself to the user in the star system. So 
one star, two star, three stars. When you first sign up, you have no stars. Then as you start writing posts, you get good reactions, you get your first star, then two stars, then three stars. And this is overall, but also you get stars within areas of expertise, politics, technology, environment, etc. And what we'll be able to do with this is bring in a feature whereby a user can now filter the content they see based on reputation. So let's say 500 people have just written a post on the latest news on what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter, right? Um, that's 500 articles that might just be out there right now, within half an hour, boom, 500 people have written of them, written them. Ordinarily on a social network, you'd have to wait. You've only got two ways of knowing what's good. One, who is the most popular, i.e., who is the person with the most followers? Oh, and I'll just read that one. And that might just be a footballer who has lots of following, who happened to write about Elon Musk. Um, the other way is likes. But of course, likes take time, but they also lend themselves to popularity again. So the footballer will again win because he'll get more likes because he's got more followers. On Tremor, the person that's established the highest reputation inside technology and perhaps even the hashtag Twitter, those people will rise to the top. You'll be able to filter, say, okay, 500 people have written on this. Okay, just give me articles from the people that have three stars in this topic. Suddenly it's filtered out and you have direct, live, up-to-date news from good, um, high-reputation sources. Is there something you would like to tell our listeners and viewers about their first experience with Tremor when they go to your site? They type in on one of the search engines, Tremor, and what should they be looking for and what should they have an eye out for? Well, I think the first thing you'll get is, um, first, first of all, it's a fairly small community right now. So it's not as crazy wild uh, in terms of the amount of content as Twitter is. Um, but what you'll get is intelligent um, commentary on British politics. Oh, sorry, on American politics, primarily some British politics but on uh, good political commentary, um, you'll find if you want to, that one of the key aspects of Tremor is it's about conversation. So in some ways, Tremor, is, you could say it's a blogging platform because you can go to there and you can post a full article as you've done. But what we've done is create a dynamic where every single post can be responded to in kind. And you can respond with a one-liner or you can respond with a full article. And the view is that this this conversation can go on in a limitless fashion so you might get 30 or 40 responses down and then suddenly someone might say something or write an article which is amazing has a fantastic insight and that article can be shared republished etc just like an original article can but when it is shared it takes with it the conversation that led to it in the header of the article, you can see there are 40 comments prior to this or 40 articles that led to this. You can click and you can expand them and you can follow them down. And similarly, you can see the conversation that went on from it. So from uh, you asked me as a user when you sign up your first experience, one is absolutely I think you're going to get content that you'll enjoy will be entertaining. But it's very much uh, hands on jump into a conversation um, and you'll be surprised people that you know, say that, oh, we don't know, I don't normally comment on social media or whatever it is. I think, first of all, the, the respectful environment um, invites them in, but also 
um, you find people that don't normally write are writing really good articles, well-written, um, that are adding true insights to what, you know, obviously mature, published, um, authoritative journalists are doing. And I think no, we're not certainly not trying to say that um, Joe Public can come in and just have the level of authority that a journalist can, but they can certainly add in terms of perspectives, in terms of ideas um, that can that can round off a view around a topic and make it even more compelling, not just for the readers, but for the originator of the post. That's very interesting. What is your business plan? Are you planning to build this up and sell it to some great high-tech high conglomerate, which is so often the story? Or do you plan to hive it off as a freestanding public company or keep it as it is? I think we're we're a long way down the road from any of those kind of things. Um, what we want to do in terms of looking long range as a as a business in its own right, what we want to do is empower content creators that use Tremor to actually earn out of um, what they produce. So, I mean, an example to a certain extent is YouTube, who've managed to create a business model for people who can make videos at home, um, at work, however they want to go about it, they can now, if they get enough viewers, YouTube will give them an ad revenue share, which, you know, some people are earning absolute fortunes doing that. Um, I think that's uh, an area that, that I think um, Tremor can absolutely look towards. Um, we also, so a revenue share with our with our content creators also one of the uh, monetization things we want to look at is a peer-to-peer -peer monetization whereby as a content creator on tremor you can invite people to subscribe to your feed uh, and to to sponsor you in the same way if you're familiar with the site patreon where on Patreon you can go and see somebody's there and you can offer to give them five, five bucks a month because you respect the work that they're doing. Similarly on Tremor, that's what we'd be looking at. So maybe I'll have three or four content creators on Tremor that I give five bucks a month to because I think they're great. Maybe it's someone who's doing amazing reporting from you know, inside the Ukraine, someone that just does great, great tech reporting, maybe someone who just writes great articles about racing cars. I mean, to racing cars, I'd probably pay him his five bucks. Um, so a mechanism whereby, you know, you don't end up, the, the end user doesn't just pay a single subscription and then there's an arbitrary way of dividing those revenues out between people. You can actually pay for the content that you want and empower those content creators. That's our show today. I thank you for coming along and do check out Tremor, T-R-E-M-R. -E and if you're very lucky, you can read my column there or you can read something written by Linda Gasparella, the co-host of this program. And uh, we will see you again next week with more of White House Chronicle. Cheers. Our program, White House Chronicle, is on offer as a podcast for you to enjoy. Full shows on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and all major audio platforms. Subscribe and take us with you in your pocket.